Well, again, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Scentsy Brewcast, the voice of Scentsy Craft, coming at you not from Scentsy Brewcast Studios. We're coming at you from the Sonder Studios, uh, deep in the heart of Sonder Brewing Company in Mason. Um, we just finished recording an episode of Sonder Stories, and um, because I'm only allowed out of the house once a week, <laughs> I sucker these guys into recording an episode of Scentsy Brewcast, too. Um, and we don't really know 100% what we're talking talking about i think i have a couple things that uh that are going to kind of guide us through a couple points of conversation that's pretty much how i live my life (laughs) justin danny welcome to the show thanks for having Um, thanks for having us uh, no thank you for uh for sitting down with me um before we uh we dig in so a couple of the things that i wanted to talk about this uh um this week ish um when when will this be released (laughs) this should go up on monday we'll see um um, there was a kind of a big announcement that um, pending yep. um, pending voting from all of the employees, uh, New Belgium is no longer craft beer. They have sold. So I kind of want to talk about that. I need to uh, talk to somebody and digest what just happened in my life. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Figured that would be a good topic. And um, as a way to kind of start pestering you guys a little bit about some of your, uh, your clean barrels and what you guys have going on and uh, the... Uh, idea of cellaring beer. I dug into the cellar and, and brought a couple things along, and um, you guys brought a couple cans out too. So we got we have some stuff to to talk about. So um, before we dig into conversation, let's uh, from the beer fridge. Dig into beers. the beer fridge. Um, I want to drink this one first because yeah, I've been sitting on the. This is also another topic of conversation. Ryan Geist is getting ready to do their Inked Festival, which is something that they've never done before. Um, I don't know if it's a uh, response to Dark Charge Day or what, but um, they've been making this Imperial Stout since 2014, I think. The and this is a 2014 that you have? Yes. This ah, was, it's a very, you can tell very, by the cap. Good this was before they ordered their Rheingeist caps. Oh, very cool. Yep. Um, do you have a bottle of I, I do. Here. Right here. Um, I really need to get a Leatherman in my life. Yes, you do. Yeah. Now, see, when um, the, the first time I really sat down and did a Ryan Geist show, I sat down with Jim Matt probably 2015 or so, and I was talking mm-hmm. about ink and um, talking about how I had had some stash. I have a bunch of um, different ears, too. Um, I have a penguin in the cellar right now. His response to me was, yeah, that's not really a beer that should be cellared. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I've kept sitting on it because I have no idea what's going to go ahead and pour yourself some. Oh, you guys sense. don't have enough glassware. I have one right here. There you go. Get yourself um, some of that PNP. I have not actually had even a fresh version of this beer in a long time. I had some this year. Or, Did you? Or, or the most recent release. So the from last winter, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I um, I also I, I like I, I quite like this beer. Um, I can already tell that it held up pretty decent from the yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is also probably a little little cold from what it, it needs to be. It's been sitting on the ice packs all That's day. That's fair. So. I love uh, my favorite ink. I, I the ink variants. You know, they have the the barrel aged and coffee and I think they call it cafe. Cafe, cafe is my ink, favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to hear good. some of the stuff they're releasing this year? I would love to. So I, the, the, I actually don't know about this the release. The festival that they're doing, um, they're pairing up the beer with tattoos. Because okay. inked, that's I a, guess yeah, that's a... Makes sense. So, they are um, having how many? One, two, three, so five. Tattoo artists coming five, in. Five different tattoo artists that are setting up little booths <laughs> with like... Our, the, preset tattoos, so you can't come up with your own thing. They want these things that they know they can do quickly and, uh, and well. 
Um, That's pretty dope, so except can, I don't want the same tattoo that, as everybody that, else yeah, around right. us. <laughs> There's, you know, how many um, guys walking around OTR in their <laughs> salmon covered shorts that are going to have the same tattoo on their ankle as you do. It's a solidarity <laughs> thing. I'm here for it. Um, it depends how many, I guess, are on those sheets. You can probably find something. I don't know. Um, I but, wonder if they're going to tattoo the ghost. I assume so. I assume there's there. probably some kind of, cool. yeah. or like that, the, the saber tooth tiger, mm-hmm. like that, uh, that yeah. Tommy Inc logo that yeah. he did that, you know, there's, there could be some cool things, yeah. but how many other people are getting yeah. at that day? But, um, the variants. So they have in bottles, they're doing ink, cafe, ink, barrel aged ink, barrel aged cafe, ink, um, a barrel aged rye ink. So rye barrel aged. Okay. And then a barrel aged coconut and uh, cocoa nib ink. Um, okay. And then and that's it. Those are all in bottles. Those are bottles. Okay. And then the ones that are not in bottles are mole ink, coconut ink, uh, c- cocoa nibs, and almond ink. What was the first one you said? Mole. What is so that? So like a uh, Mexican hot chocolate. Ah, okay, gotcha. Um, then they're doing a barrel aged sappy ink. I'm not 100 percent sure what the sappy. What does is. that mean? I don't know. I'd have to Google it real quick. So, so I would imagine maple or some sort oh, of good molasses. Call. And then they're also doing a uh, a root beer float inspired um, ink that they're calling float. Okay. Um, when, when is this festival? Uh, this is the 23rd. Already navigated away from my page trying to look up sappy. The 23rd ink of quick. November. Uh, yes, November 23rd. So okay. Um, so it'll be after this podcast, or I don't that'll happen before this podcast. Yes, yeah, so that's Saturday. That's this uh, Saturday. That's Saturday. So sorry, you guys missed it. <laughs> <laughs> there might be um, there might be bottles sticking around the sure, room for, for a sure. I don't, I don't know how much of this they made, but <laughs> is it a ticketed event or is it, it just is a free event? But obviously, to get the bottles and stuff like that, sure, right, right, right. extra for those and probably for tattoos. All well. They, I don't, maybe not. Maybe they're yeah, not, maybe don't free tattoos. Um, but no, you can get into the, most of the things they do at Rheingeist, um, you can uh, get into it without, yeah. uh, yeah. Without with the exception of, I think like rare beer fest. Is but even then them. you can still get into the tap room. They have that whole well, other side yeah, that you true. then have to, yeah. um, mm. that doesn't tell me anything about sappy Hank. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. It's, it's a, well, interesting idea. Sense. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. It's it's cool to play off that that brand of of ink and have mm-hmm. the tattoo yeah. artists and maple, I mean, maple I'm not barrel surprised. Aged. I'm sorry, maple barrel okay. aged. Nice. I, I'm not surprised. I mean, Rheingeist is incredible at, at developing brands and developing their brand and and just another another festival and a reason to get people down there to, to drink beer. Is, well, I'm surprised it took them this long to come up with something for ink. Like even yeah. just the bottle mm-hmm. release, like they they have never like made a big deal about it. They're yeah. like, oh yeah, it's winter. Here's here's another bottle of uh, of ink, and so yeah. they're finally doing something. I, you know, I, I don't know about uh, it being so close to dark charge and that kind of thing. I I don't know. It might get you know. I just dropped a whole bunch of money the other day pre-ordering my dark charge. <laughs> and dark charges when? Um, that is December 7th. That's something that we talked about. Um, Cincinnati is becoming this place where if you want to go to a beer event, you can go to one on pretty much any Friday or Saturday of the year. And I think it's even more saturated during this like Q4, a little bit of Q3 yeah. of the year. I think a lot of anniversaries happen this year. Around, and then like barrel aged beers come out now, stuff like that. So it's a hell of a town to be a beer drinker. Well, and it, you know, not that everybody needs to be watching and seeing, oh, well, this is the week we want to do it. So we have to make sure nobody else is doing anything. But I think if you're doing these big kind of releases, if you, if you want people to give you a weekend, you've got to watch that you're not 100%. putting it on, uh, you know, on the same weekend or even kind of close to, if you want people to drop, you know, a couple hundred dollars for a set of bottles, it needs to be by itself. Yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> look at, look at our anniversary party alone. I right. mean, I mean, for us, we, 
our our actual one year anniversary was October twenty seventh. So the natural weekend there is Halloween. Right. So uh, depending on what your family dynamic looks like, we we just historically Halloween is not a a big uh, uh, a big day for drinking beer, right? Most of the time, it's. I mean, that's. It's, <laughs> I guess. Let me rephrase that. Outside of college campuses, <laughs> let's, let's rephrase that. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of the families in that weekend right. because there's a lot of trick or treating and other stuff right. going on. Right. Also, a Halloween is a thing that's really odd. That there's a lot of it's a very house party kind of thing. People throw their own shindigs totally. and whatnot. Right. So we had a, a Halloween party here that that went really well, but. It, we didn't it wasn't our anniversary right so mm-hmm. then the next weekend would have been november 2nd and that's going head to head with rheingeist rare beer fest right. so which we, we were participating in exactly and yeah. we were a part of that and love rheingeist and and we all want to win in this environment as much as we can so we to your point even we moved our anniversary party two weeks just to try to find what kind a of weekend. What, what kind of demographics are your typical taproom um fans here though you guys skew a little bit older more a little bit families yeah. so i mean more so than you would see at a rheingeist or so a mad tree if, if rheingeist throws a halloween party it wouldn't be out of the question because they've probably got a lot of people that you know totally. either live in otr without families or college kids or whatever it may be and maybe i'm wrong about their typical clientele but that's in my head who they are um versus somewhere in the suburbs like you guys where you've got you know your typical you know guest down in the tap room probably has a family that's trick-or-treating or whatever it is so it's 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 a different exactly. kind of thing you're exactly right and that's and that's uh you know painting fairly broad brush but but also also fairly accurate as well i mean we get we get everything in here right we'll we'll have everything from the the younger crowd all the way up to you know very not younger crowds right well we can kind of see this information too so if you go onto our google account you can see where people are asking directions from and where we're situated you can see people that ask for directions from dayton or even south of Columbus, or downtown Cincinnati, or where I live, Oakley. Like, we're getting a lot of people asking for directions from those areas. But the heaviest saturation is, you know, that two seventy five range, right. um, the Blue Ash, Mason, Lebanon, Absolutely. like those areas for sure. Right. Did you guys try this yet? I have. Have you? It's I good. Did. It held up really I, well. I actually like it I a lot too. more yeah. than I remember liking this beer. I do too. Um, there's a lot of uh, dried fruit going on that yeah, I don't absolutely. remember ever being in this beer. Um, I get a lot of the oak. There is no oak. Really? This is just. Oh, I thought the, it was barrel aged. No, this oh, is just is, the base. This is not barrel aged. But no. there is kind of like a um, like a, a woody kind of. Right. Uh, the, this the, is it, there's uh, there's there's a roasted character that gives you yeah. almost a, a coffee note, even though there is no coffee in this. Um, to my knowledge, I don't. No, there's there. It's got some really unique flavor to it. I like it a lot. Especially for being a fourteen, it held up really, really well. Yeah, five five years old. Uh, it's it's aged. It's aged well. I, to be honest with you, I was optimistic right after we popped the the top, and you could hear. Yeah, it still right. sounded. It still sounded promising. I was I was actually worried, and that's this is the number one reason I still have this beer is because I was worried about it. Yeah, I really mm. didn't. It's to me. Um, and this is coming from somebody who likes like a bigger, heavier um, imperial stout. Mm-hmm. And in my head, that's what stands up to to cellaring better. Um, you know, the Dark Charge or you know some of the right. stuff from Fifty West, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, you know, that to me is 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 what I would typically stash away. And this is not that beer at all. Um, but I'm 
I'm I'm blown away from how how well it did. Yeah, well done, Ryan Geist. I'm 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 impressed. It's very good. And Jim Matt, you were wrong. This does stand yeah. up. <laughs> it has aged well. Yes. I wonder if they've got any of this uh, stashed away. I'm sure they do. I, I would imagine they do. Then again, if, I, he's, I don't if know. he says if he that he did, didn't think it would age well, then... I, I know they probably have some stashed away that they put in barrels, and they have right. some barrel-aged ink from right, that, right. but I don't know if they have any just standard ink that they, they put away. The way this held up, I assumed it was BA, but I guess not. No, no, this is uh, really, really good. I don't, I don't think they released any... Um, Barrel age. I don't first remember. Year. I think it was. I, don't think I think it was like a year after that that they kind of started doing gotcha. that. Wow, that's fun. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. I'm gonna actually let's, get a little bit more. Let's talk about um, about cellaring beer. Um, do you guys have beer cellars at home, purposeful or not? I, I do. I do. <laughs> Is yours purposeful just or just different a, cellars? Yeah, it's it's uh, funny that you brought this up. Uh, the podcast that we uh, we've recorded several today to have in the hopper ready to release if we have a couple of weeks where we can't get everyone together as we've talked about it's tough to do and in the first one that we released today we actually brought up this exact topic um about what what the sellers look like you know there's this romantic idea i think you get from movies and, right. and and all this stuff that it's like oh i have this i have this secret library door that you open up and it's <laughs> humidity controlled and temperature controlled and here's all my bottles and this is my vintage and this is this the reality is most people just have a corner of a room in their house right. where they're keeping all their beer for me uh i i keep it in my basement in the unfinished part of our basement where the temperature stays fairly consistently uh high 60s probably um which isn't ideal but uh it has it has done great. Um, I've moved through a significant portion of my <laughs> cellar uh, since we've opened the brewery here. I was the I was the typical guy five years ago, six years ago, maybe even well longer than that because probably close to ten years now. That would uh, when KBS would hit, I would be the guy that would drive to every account that thought might carry it, and I would get my allotment of one or two bottles, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I would just I would just load up my cellar and. I had a ton of fun with that. And then as I got more busy and beer became more expensive, uh, that has dwindled a little bit. Um, so now I'm a lot more selective with, with what I'm aging and what I'm cellaring, primarily for two reasons. Now that we have the brewery, um, I selfishly drink a lot of our beer because I, I think we, we're making very good liquid. But I also um, don't have the time to hunt it all down anymore. Right. And it, it seems like anymore now... Uh, man, there's so many options and availability of beers that it's like old Rasputin, barrel age old Rasputin used to be a beer for me that when it would hit every year, I'd grab a couple bottles, I'd drink one and I'd sell her one. Right. And once it was gone, it was gone. Now you can go to any bottle shop and get barrel age old Rasputin from <laughs> yeah. like four yeah, years from, ago. From per- sitting for, uh, now yeah, I wouldn't right. recommend picking that up because it probably hasn't been aged well and there's been light hitting it and everything right. else. But I, I still, I still love aging and cellaring beers there's something for me about the novelty of like this right here right there's and look it's our whole brand right every beer has a story like i could tell you every beer in my cellar i could just about tell you i remember oh there's a funny story about when i bought this and and it always leads to a really fun conversation and and you know speaking specifically about this like this was the first bottle that ryan guys released that's really like that's a cool part of their history too it absolutely uh, is um i mean if they don't have any still like it's it's a shame that they don't have that and can't share that with people now of here's this part in our story you know everybody says you know we're the we're the ipa guys well 
people that you know this is this is a beer we made you know in 2014 yep. and that it's we were really good and it's damn good it's, yeah. yeah and it, it showcases that other side of who they are and um, it is fun that you can, you know, you can remember these times where you bought this or, you know, you bought this one or, you know, whatever it may be. And like, it's it, when you, when you, even if you're just at home by yourself and you want to dig in and crack something open, like it's fun to kind of remember those things yes. instead of, Oh, here's this fresh six pack that I bought, you know, last week at Sunoco or whatever. Right. <laughs> like exactly. that's, that's not as, that you don't get that kind of experience from it. I um, have, I have, uh, very cool memories and stories of, beers that I've pulled from my cellar with the birth of each of my kids, mm-hmm. um, with different times where I've had people that have come and visited and it's, well, I'll just say, Hey, go back there and just pick something out. And, and it always, it always elicits a super fun memory. And it's just something for me that, that even, even with the brewery, there's still, there are still those beers that if I see them, I'll grab a couple and just throw them in there. And, uh, on that note, I've also let many go past their prime and and have wasted. Yeah, I've, I've well. had some disappointments sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but that's but that's also part of the fun of it is that Absolutely. you don't you don't always you don't know. know. What about yourself? How's your cellar? Uh, it, I usually keep it's not it's not crazy. I usually try to keep a, a few cases worth of of beer kind of stashed away. It's a it's a closet under the stairs in the basement, and um, it. Uh, it's got a whole hodgepodge of stuff in <laughs> yeah. it, you know, be it. Do you, um, have a, do you have a crown jewel, like a prized? Is there one thing in your cellar that, nah, you know, no, nah, no, nah. I will. Time. I mean, um, so I've, I've been hanging on, I've, I've been hanging on to uh, a few years of, of ink with the idea of doing a, a vertical of it to see what the hell happens with it over yep. time, which mm-hmm. obviously I'm not doing that. Um, I've been hanging on to the, uh, a base bottle of every dark charge. I don't know if I'm going to wait for, you know, till year 10 or something of that and, awesome. and dive in and try them all and nice. see. I bet Jake and Evan. I'd love to do that with you if um, you could get them. Oh yeah, you could oh, do yeah. a show with them, and that, that'd be super cool. They are definitely one brewery though that I know has bottles stashed away that they oh, are doing yeah. the same thing with. So I'm not, yeah. you know, too like they're very different approaches to what yeah. they knew from the get go they wanted to do with the beer. Um, so I've got stuff like that that you know I, I definitely am, am sitting on, but I wouldn't call it a. I keep smacking that. I keep a. Um, I, I keep things that. Um, there's some some sour beers that I had at the time that I'm like, you know what, this is not really what I want it to be, and I'll sit on it. Just let's see what happens with it. Right. Or um, I like to almost every time I go to the grocery store, I'll I'll grab a lambic off of the uh, the Belgian shelf and just throw it in there, just so that I have yep. some mm-hmm. aged lambic when I'm sitting around the house and just want one to yep. grab. You know, I can go from the back and grab the oldest and kind of roll with it for sure. Yep. Stuff like that, but. I'm nothing too crazy. I so my cellar is pretty much just the top shelf of my fridge. So I live on the third story of an apartment complex. So like I don't really have a basement or like an or like a space for me to like quote unquote cellar a beer. So I'm pretty much just like holding on to things that I'm waiting to drink and they're not I'm not putting a whole lot of age on it because right. it's sitting in a fridge, but um for me, it's a, still a new concept. I think I have a couple like Mad Elf Grand Cruz in there, uh, a little Lost Abbey in there, like stuff that you can pretty much just get around here. I'm not super into trading for beer. Um, I still think that there's a lot of really good beer around here that I'm waiting to try. Um, so I'm not necessarily putting a whole lot of age on the stuff in my fridge, but I'm holding on to it for a good occasion or something like that. Right. I think that happens also too. Like even on the unintentional side, yep, for sure. there's a lot of stuff that I might bump towards the back of the fridge. Cause like, oh, I don't want to drink this now, but I know this will last yep. longer than this stuff. So mm-hmm. I need to drink this. And some of that stuff sits for longer than it might, That's right. Exactly right. might plan yeah. on it. But 
Um, do you guys know the, any of the science behind like aging beer? Like what is actually happening? Why does this taste different than it did then? Um, so there's a couple of, I, I certainly couldn't speak to it in the same way that, right. that Chase or Luke may be able to, but um, particularly with uh, bottle conditioned beers, um, there's there's a lot that happens there just with the idea of this this uh, yeast eating sugar and changing how the carbonation affects uh, everything from the way that it bubbles up and it comes out in the aroma to right. um, the way that you know a oak character may may seep into the beer um there's also the effect of like Britannomyces beers are my favorite beers to age because that beer uh uh, that that yeast excuse me changes so much over time in the beer um and and you can get everything from you know the the prototypical cliche horse blanket to the uh fruity character (coughs) would eat so much else too like that that that, you know that yeast which brett is a yeast i don't Mm -hmm. know if everybody realizes that but it doesn't just go after the sugars necessarily Mm -hmm. it's going after all kinds of other little components in that beer and completely changing some of those flavors in ways that you really can't um anticipate so i've got um some of urban's uh brett stuff that they did that they don't do anymore for some unknown reason i guess people don't like brett beers for some uh, mm. whatever that's a whole other argument but luke's brett, a big fan um, of brett's so i stashed that so I'm, I'm a brett yeah i'm a brett fiend i love it uh boulevard says on brett is one of my favorite beers every year that it hits very, I buy very five good. or six bottles um i'm a huge fan of, of of brett ipas because you can really? drink them fresh yes. and you get that big fruity kind of fresh hoppiness and then there's this middle ground where they start to get really funky. And then if you keep letting them sit, and they turn into this other fruit thing mm. that happens. It's no longer an IPA. There's a beer, there's a beer from Anchorage called, uh, I believe it's Anchorage, or I believe the name. I know it's Anchorage, but I believe the name is Bitter Monk. And it's a, it's a Brett IPA. And if you ever find that beer, buy it. It is fantastic. Uh, it's fantastic both fresh and with a year of age on it. It is it's such a great. There's beer. some really fun beers out there that I don't think people give credit. To. Like even Orval. Like if you yeah, let, if you true. take that and stash that away and let it sit. Like there's there's bread in that beer that you might not get. Uh, you know if you're drinking it fresh, which you're never drinking it that fresh. But right. um, if you That's let it, if you let it sit, like it, there's some really fun stuff that happens to that beer on the on the fruit side from that bread. It's there's there's some cool stuff out there if you stash some things away and just just see what happens with it. Pri- primarily sometimes for it's me, not great, but sometimes it That's is true. <laughs> Primarily for me, and, and again, I, I, I would never be able to do it the justice that Chase could. Uh, the scientific compound behind it uh, or, or why this happens, uh, he could probably give you the exact reasons as to why scientifically. Um, I can tell you that for me personally in, in, in my cellar, um, the sours and bottle conditioned and, and barrel aged beers I like as that component changes with the barrel complexity and oak and not oak and mm-hmm. more carbonation and all of that stuff is great. The big barrel age beers, uh, stouts and things like that. Um, this is where Chase could get into why and how, and he's explained this before and it's, it, it, I, I would never do it justice, but the booziness level, uh, as it begins to fade and your malts come uh, more into, so the malt character of a beer will become more prevalent and the booze kind of 
uh, complements it over time right. versus you might have a big uh, Uncle Jacob Stout from Avery is a great example of this. Uh, I used to buy this beer and, and well, I would trade for it before we could get this beer here. Right. And it's, you know, 17.8%. And I would always drink one fresh and then I would age two or three. Well, there's, there's also like, so if, if for some reason, say there's some kind of big barrel aged or big, you know, big beer release that you go to and you buy three bottles of something, you try one and maybe there is too much fruit or maybe there is too much alcohol for you or whatever, too much barrel character stash it away and right. just right. see what happens. And a lot of times some of that stuff will kind of just mellow out and it all kind of, I don't know, like I mean, it mellows, it mellows into it do, like it a more does. like rounded kind of thing. That's my more layman's like understanding of aging beers where the, the harshness of whatever it is, the booziness or the tartness or the acidity subtles out and you get more of the intended flavor to it which is something that i'm excited about for some of our barrel aged sours or even you know the our barrel aged uh, clean beer even yeah i'm really excited for those too we have a couple of big johns then a lot of auto out there that i think are gonna you know come out very well but then they're also gonna age very well yeah I mean, it's just, it's a whole fun other world. I don't know if my wife understands that side of my, uh, my geekiness. I don't even know if she knows I have a beer shower. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I, I, she does. Cause, um, she'll, she'll tell me to, well, so, you know, like when, um, when she was pregnant with our, with our, with our kid, uh, we were, your what? Excuse me. My kid. Your your terrorist. <laughs> my, my kid. <laughs> um, we were we quickly pretty soon after um, she got pregnant. We were out in Athens for a, a show, and so we were sitting down at a table with Little Fish and Jackie O's and Devil's Kettle, and they are just you know we're cracking a bunch of bottles, and at the end of the show they were like, oh, we, you know, we've got all these bottles left. Are you guys you know just go ahead and take them back with you? And we had told them that she was pregnant. That's why she was uh, being, you know, a fuddy-duddy and not drinking with us. And they're like, we'll just save this one and this one and this one and this one for her. And so she knew that those beers were stashed aside. So she obviously knows that there is some kind of beer yeah. holding area in the house somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, she, uh, she well, so my wife is pregnant again now. Oh, and congratulations. So, yeah, thank you. We, we haven't really talked about it on the show yet. So, yeah. Ba- uh, yeah, ba- congratulations. <laughs> baby gnome number two. Come along. Um, <laughs> If she was not pregnant, does she enjoy these big barrel aged beers with you or? Yes, but not, I don't know if like she doesn't have that, like, um, that desire to like, Oh, stash this away. And see right. it. it's like, right. she, she might drink it now. Yep. <laughs> yep. Be okay with yep. it. My wife's the same. What type of stuff is she normally picking up? Um, my wife, my wife likes a lot of different things. That, so she's a big uh, pumpkin beer drinker and that kind of, kind of thing. <laughs> Um, when she, when she got pregnant this time, I'd clean out her beer fridge and, um, migrate it down to one of mine. And there is still, there is still a strange collection of natter days and some shit that I just don't know how I'm going to pawn it off on somebody. I'm going to start making a rule. You, if, if you come in studio, you have to drink a natter days. Are you going to tell me right now? Are you going to look me in the eye and tell me you don't, you don't enjoy a natter I do not enjoy a natter days. Really? I'm not going to like, if. If I'm like, if I'm hanging out by the pool and somebody hands me one, I'm not going to turn it down, Okay. but I will never turn down a drink regardless of what it is. Okay. Yep. I'm here. I'm here for that. But no, the stuff does but not, you're not, you're not going to seek it out. It doesn't taste good. Yeah. I don't seek it out either. But when I first tried it, I, I wanted to hate it so bad and I crushed it. A craft version of that beer would be really good. 
I, yeah, yeah. <coughs> That's the th- yeah. A, a good version of it would be good. It's just not yeah. a good beer. I, I don't. I don't. I know. I, I don't like Natterdays. If that's the question. <laughs> I was just simply asking if you enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, I would I enjoy something else more? Yes. yes. Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> it's a very we've had we've had a similar discussion before. Yeah, I believe. I, uh, uh, there's there's yeah there's lots of things that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we won't go there. <laughs> I feel like I've already been a little little harsh on some of the products being made in Cincinnati in the last uh, couple months. And uh, what are you? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What are you excited about with Cincy Beer today? Oh so my. you you, you uh, and did you listen to the BC spot, Justin? It was really good. Yeah, I have. I love I have. it. Yeah, I just uh, really like those guys too. Yeah, yeah me too. Great me too. Yeah. Um, w- when you so the voice of Cincy Craft, right? It's it's your canned phrase. Oh no, I'm not the voice of Cincy Craft. You've missed the whole point. The people that come on this show are the voice of Cincy Craft. It's about the people like who that. the people who not just the people who own breweries or um, Cincy brew at breweries is the voice of Cincy it's Craft. The people who drink the like this is the voice of Cincy Craft. Yeah, it's it. not me at all. I, I love it, but I also will help lend my voice to Cincy Craft, and that will answer the question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you know there's. There's a whole lot that's going on that is really good about Cincinnati beer. You know, it's really easy to say that uh, craft beer has, you know, hit some kind of bubble or whatever. And that'll come. We'll get there with some of the, the New Belgium stuff. But <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, we're making a lot of really good beer I agree here in Cincinnati. And I don't know if that's necessarily true for every kind of major beer city, but I, I assume it's 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 pretty well true for a lot of big cities. That I, I travel quite a bit and... It grows my appreciation for Cincinnati, especially craft beer. Like, you know, I use Nashville as an example. There's a couple of good breweries in Nashville, but there's not as many as what you come to in Cincinnati. And it's a bigger city. Um, there's more people drinking beer in Nashville, but there's a lot more good craft beer around here than what there is in Nashville. And that's just one example. But it's something that, you know, I'm so used to being able to walk down the street to a bottle shop or a brewery and just, you know, you can always find a good beer at pretty much any bar around town nowadays, too. And that's not a luxury you have in other cities. I, I think we're very spoiled here. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. I think that that gets me excited, though, because <clears throat> granted, all of our breweries and I'm, I'm all of our breweries are not making the best beer that right. they could be making. Right. So the thing that gets me excited is that we do have this big community that's building these breweries that are maturing and hitting this point where they might be able to start uh, kind of reaching out and, and helping everybody else create something that is really special not that what happened what's happening right now isn't really special but do some really really cool stuff and 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 starts kind of reaching out to some of these new places and saying look here's what's wrong take this run it through our lab we'll show you what's going on with it whatever that may be and just you know really starting to build a city that um people talk about people like look at travel to yeah people look at and say how is this happening in cincinnati the place that's supposed to be five years behind everybody else why are they five years ahead of everybody else? You know, and just really start like paying attention to what what we've got going on here. There's, it's a fun city. We've got you know, you go down to OTR and there's these loggering cellars under the city and like right. these these you know Rheingeist in this historical brewery building and like the 
30 whatever you know biggest brewery in the country and you walk in and it, it gets big but it doesn't feel like that right it doesn't feel the same as you know these other breweries that are around like it's it's cool like it's really really cool it's special so it, there's a coincidental thing that happened this week so there's actually i actually haven't told you about this yet justin there is a group of guys from the east coast who are doing a group beercation in cincinnati and one of them works at an East Coast brewery, and he asked me, he's like, hey, you want to do, like, a four-pack swap? And I was like, heck, yeah, I'll do a four-pack swap. I'll grab four of our beers that I really enjoy. You drop four off of yours. It's going to be, like, Saturday at noon, so I won't be here, but... Do you know what the brewery is? It's Jack's Abbey. What? Yeah. What? How have we not talked about this? It happened... You're dropping this to me on the on the Cincy <laughs> Brewcast right now? It happened yesterday, you, but... Dude, oh... <laughs> but yeah, yeah, a bunch yeah. of a bunch of his friends are doing a beercation here, and they're coming to Cincinnati to come here and drink good beer. And they're actually starting with Sonder at noon on Saturday. It's awesome. Jack's Abbey is dope, by the yeah, way. It I'm is, excited for their beer. It, I actually lived really close to there when I interned for a summer in Boston. Okay, I've uh, never tried Fendingham. any of their stuff, but I haven't I've had heard any of it either. So much. It's good. I, it, we'll crack it together. We'll yeah. figure it out. Let's let's do it. I'm excited uh, about it. That's pretty cool. And that that's the that's what I was getting at, right? Is I think now in and I don't we're certainly not Asheville, right? Uh, we've talked about this a million times yeah. and 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 how where where from our opinions where this city is gapped yeah. from that. But uh, not just the beer, but just in general, right? Um, but we're getting there, and and I think now if people if people are looking at you know where, heck, man, uh, ten years ago, even less than that, five years ago, when you looked at what was happening in Grand Rapids, and people were going to Grand Rapids for beer, right? Grand Rapids was Asheville before Asheville was Asheville, right. um, and now it's now Asheville is like beer mecca, right? Um, I think now we're getting to a point where. There are breweries churning out great beer, uh, some of which aren't even being recognized right now uh, in, in terms of the great beer in the city. And, and what, what I'm excited about and where I hope to get as a city and as a community in craft beer is I want to be able to tell people who walk in the door, because everybody's heard of Rheingeist, everybody's heard of Mad Tree. Great. They're going to go there. Right. Right. What I want to be able to tell people is that these, these, these dudes uh, from Jack's Abbey come in and it's just one guy from Jack's Abbey and his friends, but yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, they, they come in and, and they say, where should we go next? Or we're from here. And I want to be able to say, Hey, High Grain's doing great stuff. Go there. While you're there, go right down the street to Nine Giant. And oh, by the way, don't forget Fretboard on the way there. And right. be able to tell people that, hey, there's these great beers. You, you maybe haven't heard of it. I know you're going to go to Mad Tree. On the way there, hit boom, 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 boom. Right. Right. Don't forget about Grainworks over here. And do and like, and by the way, there's enough good beer that they're not going to be able to hit them all. No, and so I, I was about back, to say that too. Right? It's like if you're here for a day and a half, two days, there's no shot you... Go, you can go to every brewery, but you're not going to experience every brewery. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's one of those balancing acts of like you can spend two hours or three hours at a brewery and try a lot of their beers, but then you're limiting how many breweries you can go to, or you can hit one every half hour. You only have one beer, maybe two beers. So it's like, what experience do you really want? But it's a cool problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. And and in Cincinnati right now, we're kind of running the gamut of different styles of oh, yeah. good beer right okay. well that's what's exciting too is that if you're if you're a lager fan we've got you if you like sour beers we've got you, you like big barrel aged beer sure if you like those big pastry stouts or you know the the new england's we've got all of that yep and we've got it done really well yep 
I weirdly feel too like a lot of breweries are rounding out a bit more. Like I think a lot of breweries that had an identity of like yeah. these are the two or three styles that we do really well, they're branching out and showing that they can do a lot of different styles, which really is well. really exciting, right? For and, sure. and I don't look, know. Look so, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think that we need, and not everybody needs to fit into the same kind of boat, but I feel like you know, having those breweries that do a lot well is great. Especially depending on where they are, mm-hmm. but I I think you know when you get these places that are within a three minute drive of somebody else, what sets you apart? Is yeah, that where you're going? Specialize a little bit, and I think that that also sure. is fun. If we could get a lager only brewery, that would be fun. Yeah. If we could get a brewery that specializes in Belgian style beers, that could be really fun. Like you could do these things that are extremely specialized and i think that we're we've lost a little bit of that over. I, I don't disagree with that I, I think there's an element of um i think there's an element of everybody wants a little bit of the piece of the pie exactly For sure. yeah. right and so you don't want to so, eliminate beer drinkers because of your niche right um and you know we say this all the time we say this on our podcast we say this to uh each other and our team and our our consumers and everyone we can't be everything to everyone but we can get close, right? And sometimes it's good and sometimes that's bad. Um, we weren't, we're, what I can tell you is everything we do, we're going to do it to a quality in which, which we think is, is high standard, right? Right. right. Um, but, but there are still going to be some things that we're just not going to do. Um, and that's just that's part of it. Now that line is bigger than what it used to be. What are what are things that you guys won't do? Mm, you would ask that, huh? I don't think we've ruled anything out yet. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because right? I just want to get a sound clip for when you do it. <laughs> that's just, true. Good point. Good we're point. just never going to have every style on the board, you know? Right, right. Um, I mean, there there was a time where I would have told you I didn't think, uh, I didn't think we would do X, Y, and Z, right? Uh, we, we joked about it on our podcast we released right before this. Like, man, if Which it, will be released right after this. That's true. Good point. Yeah, time travel. <laughs> um, if, if five years ago or when I met Chase Legler, I would have told him, hey, uh, you're going you're gonna to join the team. You're going to help me start this brewery. By the way, in a couple of years, we're going to release a donut beer. <laughs> we're going to release a beer that we partner with Duck Donuts. Uh, at that time, he would have laughed at me. But there's still an element of, hey, we can do a donut beer, but still have it be Saunders style. Still have it be Luke and Chase. So you think there's something about being, definitely as a craft beer fan, but as a as somebody who makes craft beer too, of like trying to kind of push yourself out of that thing that you know that you do well and you enjoy, trying to push yourself to 100%, that, man. that other thing. Like I see other people don't what's that all about? And I, I want to kind of play around with it and see. 100%. And sometimes it's not even so much because somebody else is doing it as much as it is. We see the consumer enjoying it. Right. So it's not just that. So pastry stouts are a great example, right? Uh, if you would have asked me a year ago, if we would even be thinking of doing the, the prototypical air quotes, pastry right. stout, right. I would have told you, I don't, I don't see that for us because I just don't see that being something chase would want to do. Right. Um, but we can, we've now had the discussions and gotten to the point where we might be able to do a very sweet, big pastry stout that uh, has Chase and Luke spin on it and balances the two of them well. But, but we would only do that if we see that consumers are already enjoying that and we're, we're missing an opportunity for our consumers here, right? 
Um, I think there's an element of being innovative. Um, I think <laughs> I, this is just my opinion. Um, I feel like that, that, uh, consumers and, and or beer geeks or whatever you want to say fall victim too heavily of the, well, they're just doing that cause they did it. But if, if somebody's going to enjoy it and I'm going to provide them with an opportunity to do that, who really cares? There's, but there's a whole other side of that that I think people don't appreciate of, you know, yes, somebody made a new England IPA first and right. then other people started making it and other people started making it. And then there was a period where everybody was just dumping out a bunch of mediocre new England IPAs, That's right. but it enabled these places to start kind of taking that idea and putting spins on it and creating these, whether it's the, uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, milkshake IPAs and stuff like, like, you know, kind of branching off a little bit into this other thing or, you know, or even just incorporating this idea of soft, beers with fruity hops that aren't bitter like that idea of incorporating it into something else and like it becomes this this part of something that happens next and like you know if you don't if you don't jump in and play around you can't be part of what's next you can't you can't you can't follow that path you know and like that that path is that's craft beer you know somebody made the first big west coast ipa that was over hopped and people said this is stupid this is not this isn't what we want yeah people don't want something this bitter right right what's a unique balance of being on trend but then being ahead of the trend right totally and 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 at the end of the day it's uh, um it's we've all heard the, the the saying Danny and I came from consumer packaged goods world where we were selling to Kroger and other places. And, and I, I remember being told frequently, it's like you either change and adapt or you die. Right. And beer is no different than that. Right. And, and there is an element where you can, you can cut your nose off to spite your face, so to speak. Right. right. Where, look, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm so proud here and I'm not going to change who I am. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep making what I make. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's an element of being able to do that. But at the end of the day, you, you, that's great. If you choose to do that, there's nothing wrong with that, but you're also, you're also at that point stamping who you want to be as a brewery. Right. Right. And, and again, absolutely nothing wrong with that. You have to stand for something, right? But you also can't you can't cut your nose off to spite your face. If you want to continue to grow and be an innovative brewery, that this is just my opinion. Right. Right. It's a, a little bit of a segue off of that and a little bit of a jump. But talking about, you know, understanding who you are as a brewery kind of pulls into the New Belgium discussion, which um, selfishly we need to have just so I can process my feelings. Yeah, I would love <laughs> to talk about it, man. Let's do it. Oh, By the, the way, this is all just my, it's all just my opinion and my thoughts. It doesn't make it right. Right, right. right? Um, well, I mean, it, it does, it, it makes it right for you. And it, 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 you know, the whole point of this is just to get people talking and people totally. thinking about and, stuff. And to be honest, like I'll use it before we go into this, because I think it's going to be a great discussion. A good example of this for Cincinnati is Urban Artifact, right? So Urban Artifact, I remember Liz and I went there uh, the weekend they opened. Right. And I remember standing at the bar and a guy walks up. Liz and I love sour beer. So for us, we were excited, right? right? We're there. We have a flight. We've tried all this stuff. Even their IPA was a bread IPA, right? And and we're drinking all this. And I remember the guy saying um, uh, at the bar next to me, he says, well, why don't you have any, why don't you have an IPA? And he says, well, we have this hoppy, It's but it's, right. it's a sour or whatever. And the guy said, well, I, just cash me out. I, I, I don't like sours. I'll close my tab, whatever it was. And I remember talking to somebody a little bit after that. Uh, it wasn't Brett. I don't, I'm not sure who it was from Urban. And I remember that person telling me, yeah, we lose business and we get people who 
have told us a lot that they're not going to come back because they don't like sour beer, and, and that kind of caps their growth. I, I love that they've, they've held that pillar. That's almost like going to a sushi place and asking for a burger. Right. Well, exactly. Why don't you have right. a burger? Right. right. I, I love, and I have a lot of respect for Urban Artifact in that matter, that they've, they've kind of staked this pillar in the ground, that it's, it, we, we, are no, we are who we are. We know what we like. We know who we, we know what this, we're going to do. This, this is a little bit of a segue to that other discussion that yeah. I, can't, I can't stop having at craft breweries about the other products that craft breweries are making. Sure. You know, like, at, you know, who are you? Who, you know, what is your thing and, and, and what are you doing? You know, at one point, even still today, people walk up to the bar downstairs and they ask for Bud Light. Yeah. You don't have Bud Light. You don't make Bud Light, but that doesn't mean that there isn't some kind of connection that can be made between the two. And maybe not. And sometimes people, I'm sure, walk out unhappy that they didn't get Bud Light. Right. But who are you and what do you do? And, and, and craft beer is what you do. Yep. Yep. But on that note, though... <laughs> And I know this is not where you want to take this discussion. So. <laughs> I want to talk about New Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I do think there is a delicate balance of, of who, knowing not only who you are, but who your consumers are. Right. And I think there's a balance of, you know, if you, if you aren't positioning yourself as a seltzer company, but you offer a seltzer right. for those people... Um, I don't think you lose who you are because you're capitalizing on a business opportunity, right? Right. Depending on how that is positioned. But you can, you know, not right now, I don't know what their um, current one is, but you can walk into Urban Artifact and order a PBR. Yeah, fair enough. That drives me crazy. Yeah, fair Wait, enough. Really? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. Well, they don't, I mean, they're not loud about it, but... Um, I you actually know, didn't know that, but that's... It's yeah. not PBR right now. It's probably that... Uh, um, Nebraska sat what it was oh Narragansett Narragansett there you go Um, you know I think that's probably the current one right now but they always have something that is not a sour beer that's a cheap mass produced lager for people who don't like Mm-hmm. what they do and that like I, I don't know that bothers me for some reason it's not that it's not a good beer i'm sure it's great beer for what it is couldn't you argue that it's similar to us serving wine yes and that's that's where i can't make an argument because i don't have that issue with breweries having wine i don't have breweries even if even if breweries start distilling it doesn't bother me the same way interesting because i don't think there's as much of a crossover i think i think it's the the crossover effect if you're drinking a pbr I can get you to like something else. You're close enough. Unless it's a sour and you just can't. So that's where it kind of makes sense to me, right? Maybe. Um, For us, I get that, right? Because we offer Voss. If somebody walks in and says, I'd like a Bud Light, it wouldn't make sense for me to give them a PBR because we already have our Kolsch. That's a a light. It's a great craft beer for you to enjoy. We feel that question a lot. A lot. Right. A lot. Um, And people end up loving Voss. Yeah. Or uh, yes, yes, they do. They do. I was going to say, or something else, but right. um, oftentimes it's, it's false for sure. We, that's a different rabbit hole. Let's I, go yeah, into the new It's Belgium. a very deep rabbit hole because I, I don't know my answer on that. Yeah. Of why it doesn't bother me. The I same feel way, you though. Yeah. It's good. Um, new Belgium. What, so what did you think when you read it? Did your heart break? Um, it confused me at first on how it could happen, why it happened. And yeah, it, it breaks my heart a little bit. It's, um, uh, so, the, the the craft beer landscape right now. So your your biggest breweries, your biggest craft breweries right now. You've got Yingling, 
You have Sam Adams, Boston beer. You have Sierra Nevada. Then you have New Belgium, mm-hmm. and um, especially after my last trip down to Asheville, um, spending time at Sierra Nevada, spending time at New Belgium, I fell in love with these companies and who they were in very mm-hmm. different ways. They're very different types of companies, yep. but you walk into New Belgium and it's it's about their employees. It's about um, it's about creating this atmosphere on their website. Not that long ago, there's a big thing that says we you know we're a big craft brewery that never sold to a bigger brewery. We are employee. Like it's, that's who they were. <laughs> I don't know how they, how they reconcile that with themselves, but um, it feels very strange as a, did you see the post that Sierra culture. Nevada made right after yeah. it happened? Yes. <laughs> and see so many shots fired and, and, and rightfully so that I feel, and, and again, it's starting to make me question. Sierra's probably these, pretty mad. I would think so. Yeah. Like you're trying to stand, you know, and look at look at how Boston Beer, who just merged with Dogfish, is that handled. different in your eyes? Yes. Yeah, it's very different. It's to extremely me. different. That's how they managed what they were going through. They're all going through the same thing, and that's how they managed it. That's how they this may this may or it. may not be right or accurate, right? Um, but in my eyes, I actually when I first read it and tried to process it and was thinking through all of it. The first thing that came to my mind was the, the Boston beer merger. Yeah. Because to me, this was, uh, and, and there's, there's so many closed door conversations we're never a part of and never will be. And, uh, even for us, even for myself as, uh, one of the founding members of this place, I, 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 I can understand and know and realize the stress that it puts on you every day, knowing you have all of these employees and their livelihood is, is, is at stake by every decision that you make. And I understand that to me, there's an element of respect that I have. I actually listen when we were at GABF, I, I had a chance to listen to Sam Calagione speak, um, at a brew talks and, uh, the whole message that he delivered, um, was this was an opportunity for Jim and I to collaborate together and, and keep craft beer, craft beer, right. uh, but utilize the resources that we both have um, and have a plan moving forward as a larger organization that we can piggyback off of one another. It, it wasn't selling out. Right. right. So, so whether it's, whether it's fodder, whether it's discussion, whether it's whatever you want it to be, the message was we're still craft beer our product isn't changing. We're using two minds who have been at this for a long time, who are friends collaborating together, creating a larger organization, but we're still for craft beer. Well, and and what, what I, what makes me feel a little bit better. And I have to be careful how I word that, but what makes me feel better about the whole thing, it doesn't mean you feel good about it, but with this, this move, um, by new Belgium, they are the first coming into this organization being lion, whatever the hell they call themselves. They're the first craft brewery that's, that's there. This is a company that's not in the United States. It doesn't already have some portfolio of craft breweries that it's consuming. Like AB is They're They're trying to start some kind of a, a canarchy esque, um, group of breweries. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to come in and control a lot of what new Belgium is doing. I think new Belgium is going to be kind of the head of this new beast that's being created, but it makes me feel a little better about it. Cause I don't think the product will change a whole lot. 
It doesn't even feel good about it. Is that what, is that ultimately as a consumer, is that what matters to you? That's not what matters to me at all. There's, you can make great product and be a massive brewery. That doesn't mean any, I mean, it means something, but that's not, that's not what's important to me. So let me ask you this. Um, do you ever buy or would you ever consume or, uh, drink, uh, bourbon County? I, I would. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go out on Black Friday and get in line and buy it and hunt it down. Or would something. you if it wasn't AB and Beth? No. 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 Probably not. If depending on if it was a local brewery that I, I felt strongly about the people that were there, yeah, probably. But um, if it's a an, an out of town brewery that's just doing some great imperial stuff, no, I don't need it. So if Wicked Weed begins to distri- distribute to Ohio, will you purchase it? Probably not. No. If somebody bought me one and slapped it in front of me, I'm sure it's all drinking it. But right, um, I I'm also just, I, it's always it's always a question I ask. Right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna find myself in the platform tap room and in, in OTR drinking a beer unless somebody somehow lures me in takes there. Something takes me there. So you know whatever whatever that is. Like I'm just not going to. I just don't need to. I have no. I don't need to do that. You know, there's other things that are higher up on my priority list. Yeah. When stuff like this happens, I do the best that I can. It's really hard sometimes, but I do the best that I can to see it from all angles. And the three different angles that really stick out to me are my personal beliefs, the consumer beliefs as a whole, and then, you know, New Belgium, like their management and whatnot. And it's hard for me to fault New Belgium for going out there and really solidifying their business and cementing their future. And maybe a lot of people are going to believe that they didn't need that. And maybe it's something that they didn't need to do, but I, they, they've really set themselves up for the long haul for a long time. And in a, in a industry that's very tough and that's very competitive and whatnot. So, you know, I'm, uh, it's hard for me to fault them at that point, but from a personal standpoint, I won't be buying new Belgium anymore. Um, it's something that I don't feel like I need to, it's a bit nostalgic for me. I know my dad is really into Ambers and he used to always have fat tire at the house. And it was something that we would really enjoy. Um, it's probably not something I'm picking up a whole lot anymore. And kind of what it comes down to is like 90% of consumers aren't going to know or care. So I don't know how much it's going to affect their business, you know? So I, I hate that they did it. It, it sucks. I, uh, ever running tweet going of like every time someone sells out it's like queue up uh, another one bites the dust and <laughs> they're uh, they're just the latest brewery in that strand of breweries to sell out and it stinks but at the same time i have a hard time really killing them for it i, I, I guess see, where i want to put it i had just fallen back in love with what new belgium was doing and maybe that's why it's harder for me personally because i was just down there this mm-hmm. last winter and fell back in love with who they were as a brand and i mm-hmm. fell in love with who this company was and a like, true and then, og brand of craft yeah, beer 100 percent. and where it seemed to be um so intent on not becoming what everybody says you have to become at a certain point and i i don't know maybe that's that's the bigger question of all this i can we have big craft breweries like is that a thing that can exist anymore or at a certain point, does something have to change? Um, yes. The answer to that question is yes, you, you can, right? Um, I have a very, very, <laughs> I have a very special place in my heart for Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. 
for a lot of reasons. Right. And anyone that knows me or spends any time around me, I'll put Boston beer in that category too. Yeah, man. Namely because they mailed me a bottle of Utopias. But <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. But <laughs> dang, how do I get on that? <laughs> right. Um, anybody that knows me and my wife or spends time around us um, knows how much we love Asheville. We go there all the time. We spend we vacation there. Um, and the first stop we every single time we go, we always go to Sierra Nevada. We spend time there. I love what what Ken and and his family have done for their community, both in Chico and in Asheville. Right. Um, I, that, to me, that's what I love about craft beer. Um, I love that community aspect. I love what we've been able to do, and I love what what they've been able to do. And ironically, being able to. Uh, do it with them with the resilience beer last year and and i love what sierra nevada is to to craft beer but not just craft beer to their community i can't tell you how many like when i was down in Asheville last time how many times i would talk to to breweries and they would talk to me oh yeah you know the you know brian grossman every time he's in town yep he comes in here yep. he's, he stops in the tap room comes up says what can we do for you? Yep. How can we help you? So, I mean, I've, I've talked about it on the show before, but Highwire, when they were starting their new production facility and oh, building I their lab. Highwire's beer. But they, they, they're building this lab and they, you know, Sierra Nevada just says, hey, send your, send your, I don't know if it was Sierra Nevada or anybody, I think it was Sierra Nevada. Send your guy over here. Like, let him yeah. learn in our lab about what, what's going on so that he can help set up your lab the right way. Because he's never set up a you know, lab like that before. And just, he just worked there. And, like, they yeah. sent him back after he was, you know, when they were ready for it. Like, and, and there's a lot of examples of that. And, and what's cool is you hear a lot of, you, you, so I was fortunate enough to spend some time with Brian Grossman. So when we went down, we brewed resilience and we took some to them. Oh, that's fun. It was, it was really cool. We got, they got to try it and, and we spent some time. They were waiting for us. By the way, at this time, we had been open four months, right? right? Um, they were waiting for us. They had signs for us. They had a, they had a room that they had, they had partitioned off and, and had a party. Their staff was there. Their brewers met Chase and Luke and spent like, <laughs> and Brian showed me around, showed me through everything. And, and what was really cool is he kept saying, he's like, yeah, you need to go to Zillicoa. One of our brewers helped start that. And you need to go here. One of our other brewers, um, is, is now their head brewer. And one of, and, and there was this sense of community of what Sierra Nevada is so comfortable in who they are, but they're so ingrained into their community that I, I will. So for me, it's like, it was like as a kid when when like if you loved Michael Jordan, right? And you got to meet Michael Jordan, you would just hope that he wasn't an asshole, right? Right. Uh, for me Sierra Nevada Pale was my beer that got me into craft beer. Mm-hmm. That was my gateway craft beer. And so I was really nervous going into this cuz I'm like, man, I really hope that they're cool. <laughs> just don't disappoint me, don't right. disappoint me. especially as a local <laughs> It's like the running owner. joke or right. saying like never meet your heroes. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and as a brewery owner and somebody that's passionate about what we do here, um you know, I, I was just that whole time I was talking to my wife. I'm like, I hope when we get there, it's cool. You know, that, that, that it's what, that I hope that it is as, as far as a, a business goes. And let me, let me kind of overarch all of this um, and kind of piggyback off what Danny said, especially as a business owner and especially knowing what this past year has been to me and my family um, that people don't see and it's all behind the scenes. Right. Man, I don't fault anyone if you get some sort some sort of financial offer that changes not only your future but the legacy of your children and your families and everything else. I don't fault anyone for that. It's not in my plans. 
Um, it's certainly not why I got into this, but I understand why somebody could, because right. I'll tell you, man, the, 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 it's tough. It's really hard. And there's a lot of nights I don't sleep, uh, just like a lot of us and, us meaning anyone that's in a business or anyone that has any job. I'm sure there's been stressful things in your job that have kept you up. I, I get, I get all of that. So I don't fault anyone who has the opportunity to do this saying all of that. It doesn't keep me from being sad when it happens. Well, it, and you know, I, I will agree that I don't fault anybody for making that decision, especially if you're getting to the point where you are, you're, you're, you're needing to slow down or, cash out or however you want to put sure. it. Um, but it does change the legacy. You know? yeah. And yeah, that, absolutely. Some of that is um, maybe not fair to your family and not fair to the people that were there when things were, were tough or, um, or those, those nights when, and why, why, why were you doing that? Is it, was it for some kind of um, payout in the end or, was it for this other thing that you were trying to build that whole time? And like, it's just kind of forgetting like why you were doing this in the beginning. And, and that's a different discussion, right? Right. That's, I mean, that's completely different. Um, I, and I don't, I, I would say you're more in, um, I'm coming at it from somebody who has no skin in the game at all. Right. And you know, I, 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 I walk into a craft brewery every day because I love the culture of places. I love the people of places and I love the beer that people are making. Like it has, you know, very different uh, meaning to me than a lot of people. Yep. Yep. I, I can tell you, Chase and I've had this discussion multiple times because one of his best friends in the world is Jared Jankowski, who's the right. former head brewmaster at uh, Goose Island, who's now, uh, he's since left and has moved into another opportunity right. at Octopi. But, um, you know, Jared is somebody who Chase worked with at New Glarus and then went to Goose Island. And, um, you know, he, for him at Goose Island, he was still the same brewer that he was when he was at New Glarus. Of course. The product was still high quality. It was top notch. The only thing that changed was he got a hell, he had a hell of a lot more money to make good stuff. Right. Uh, there's certainly the bureaucracy of everything and, 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 and the piece of it that I struggle with is on the marketplace and sales side and the, and, and the kind of dirty little things that happen there to places like me. But, but from a product perspective, yeah, most it, of the time, all that really cha- changes is you have more funds to make good liquid. Uh, that, that's the thing. I've, I've never, I will never um, fault a uh, a brewery that that quote unquote sells out, thinking they're going to have terrible beer after that. I mean, sometimes things change a little bit, but I mean, for the most part, beer is is, is still going to be good. <laughs> like right. it's it's not yep. ever about that to me. Like if you there's there's plenty of places to get great beer and. Um, no matter who they're owned by. And I, I don't know, it's just, it's this other kind of culture around it that I, that, that, that just makes it, it doesn't feel right to me. The thing that gets under my skin is the, and maybe this is me putting my marketing hat on, but you know, I hate the fact that there's Bud Light commercials out there that are, you know, actively campaigning against craft beer and they're actively demeaning craft beer Yet, if you were, if you had a full understanding of their portfolio, you would see that they own however many craft beers, and they're pushing craft in those brands' commercials and stuff like that. You know, so it's like this whole, this whole facade that they're able to put on and get away with is very frustrating for me. 
And it's a main reason why I'm always going to support local craft beer right. and why I have a great appreciation for people who find success in legacy craft beer brands and for, I don't know what people want to call it, but not selling out, you know? So it's really tough. Like I said, I, I'm coming at it from a lot of different angles. I know my personal angle is that New Belgium just not gonna. It, frankly, it wasn't hitting my beer fridge a whole lot anyway, and it's just not going to at all anymore. Um, I'm not gonna dog anyone for buying it, enjoying a fat tire, and uh, if those people made a financial decision that benefits them and their families for a long time, kudos to them. It's just not something that I hope we ever do, and I don't think it's ever in the plans. Obviously, it's you know year one. We have a long ways to go, but. You know, it's from a belief standpoint, it's something that um, it, it's tough. It's a tough call, but it's a reality. Right. Um, so the actual reason that they gave from the, uh, the which, letter. Which article Kim, are you Kim Jordan. Oh, the Kim Jordan yeah. letter. Okay. Um, her why says, as we surveyed the landscape over the last several years, we found that the options to raise capital while being an independent brewer weren't realistic for us. Some of the most widely used options by craft brewers were going to compromise a lot about a lot about what makes New Belgium great, environmental sustainability and a rich internal culture, she wrote. Some of these were going to lead us to cost cutting or a lack of focus on sustainability. So it sounds like the culture of who they are is supposedly at the heart of it. Um, I don't know. I just I I don't know. So I think that they have 700 employees right I, now. I heard something, and I don't know if this is true. I heard that each employee was going to get $100,000. I've heard that stat, wow. and that's not necessarily true. So 700 employees, and it says more than 300 employees are receiving over $100,000 of retirement money. Keep in mind, so look, so you have to work at New Belgium for a year to be included in Correct. the employees. Correct. Maybe that's why. Maybe if, is you that got, why? if you got hired two months ago. Yeah to New Belgium thinking you're signing on to this yeah. employee owned thing. Yeah, that's the Guess sticky what? part. Yeah. You know, imagine you just left your other brewing job to go to New Belgium. That sucks. Like, yeah, that's, that's sticky. You're you're not getting $100,000. You're not getting anything. <laughs> if, right. you've, if you've been there just for a little bit, you're not getting $100,000. You're not you can't retire on $100,000. I don't know if everybody realizes that, but you know, like it's it certainly doesn't it's, hurt. It, it doesn't hurt, but why? Why are we? Why are we doing this? Is it you know? Is it for a hundred thousand dollars? Like no, like that's there's there's something bigger that we're trying to do with craft beer that uh, isn't necessarily just about um, padding up that bank account. I don't know. I, I don't. And clearly, um, Sam Adams and Dogfish have proved that there are other options that you can do to uh, for sure to uh, to make ends meet but but by the way let's <clears throat> let's not skate past this either okay so th- there's in very openly i mean you can you can look up and see and read and and find where the brewers association has changed the statistics and the metrics and everything that makes craft beer still be designated craft beer right more so on the uh, the amount of correct. beer made correct right. but but now under one organization, Craft Beer, Boston Beer Company is still considered craft beer. Right. Wouldn't have been the case several years ago because the Brewers Association has changed what the definition of craft beer is. 
So I guess the the delineating point is I don't whatever you whatever you deem that right because sort of. So I don't and I don't the respect I have for Boston beer is very different than the respect I have for Yingling. I mean, not that I don't respect the Yingling. I appreciate a a, a family owned business that is that well, old what's the that is that big. Um, there, there, there isn't a huge difference, but I'm, for me personally, the respect that I feel towards Sam Adams has nothing to do with how much beer they make. I don't care how big they get if they can keep true to how I feel about them, if that makes any sense. And I know they make a whole bunch of seltzer, and I know they make a whole bunch of twisted tea. It's all right. Like I still. Why is it okay for them, but it's not okay for others? I... <laughs> I don't want them to make it, but it doesn't change how I feel about them as a company. The same way that Braxton makes a whole yeah, bunch of Vive. Yeah. I still like Braxton. I still, you know, I don't care about Vive all that much, but it doesn't change who I, how I feel about them as a, as a company. I think that, uh, I don't know. Like it, this changes how I feel about New Belgium as a company. I get that. I absolutely get that. Um, all, I guess all I'm saying is sometimes being designated craft beer doesn't necessarily mean that you're you are or you aren't yeah i agree with that 100%. right I, um, I agree with that um you know oscar blues um is still oscar blues at the at the heart of it they're still making beer even though they're a part of this larger conglomerate right they're still quote-unquote craft sorry i've got donut in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that that happened as we were talking about all of this yeah jenna um, was gracious and jen came in and dropped donuts. some duck donuts uh donuts off to us which is the it's the raspberry lemon uh donut that inspired our collaboration beer for black friday what do you think of it it's amazing it's really good right <laughs> it's really good isn't the beer pretty close to the it's donut? really close and that's, that awesome? that's um it's that much more fun having tried the beer during the last recording that we were doing yeah and now trying the donut so if you guys don't already subscribe to sonder stories you should probably do that right now yep. because the episode's coming up here um in if, if not a week um somewhere soon we <laughs> <laughs> kind of have an idea time. when it's coming out um, i guess or, I, I could i could uh, um from my perspective i could sort of tie a bow on it in just in saying that I think there's still an element of at, at the root of all of this um, of how in, how ingrained are you in your community? How ingrained are you in the culture of your company? The part that feels a little weird for me with New Belgium versus some of these other ones is the employee owned aspect of it. Right. Um, I guess at the end of the day, this still goes to an employee vote. As I understand it, it does. right? It does. So if employees vote for it to go through, I mean, if they all, you know, if so only 300 of the 700 employees are getting this paycheck, right? Getting that big paycheck. I think every, if you're an employee owner, so if you've been there for a year or more, from my understanding, you'll get something. So, so here you go, right? So there's still over half the employees aren't getting a big paycheck. If they don't feel good about it, they could vote no, right? You get something, but you're no longer an I get employee that. owner. I totally is, get how that. How weird would that be, too? Yeah, totally. How can that not change the culture of your workplace? Oh, I, 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 Trust me. That I don't understand. I don't see in a situation in the slightest where this doesn't change the culture. Right. I, I would... I would guess, I don't know this to be true, I don't know anyone at this organization, at either organization, but my guess would be if you talk to people at Goose Island and you talk to people at Wicked Weed that had been there before and after, my guess is that they would say, yeah, the culture changed a little. 
but that's even that's a whole like this is a company that used to be a owned by yeah, all of the people that like I agree and, and that's, that's why I said there for sure that's why yeah. I said there, this one feels a little messy to me yeah. this one feels a little different this um, was definitely a out of the blue one for me I heard about platform it's like okay this is I didn't see it coming but after the fact it's not shocking New Belgium on the other hand was a shock for sure so we're running out of time well running quote unquote running out of time um 2015 new belgium announced that they were looking for a uh a buyer basically oh, some kind of that. option but then it was like 2017 a couple years later they're now part of this group trying to save magnolia from closing and, right. and going into bankruptcy mm-hmm. and everybody thought that we were we, we had won and we were past that and like it, that's why it kind of caught me more off guard i just i thought that they had figured it all out. I think we right. might be missing the underlying point of all of this, if I'm honest, in that uh, local matters more than anything in craft beer. Yeah. So, so there was a uh, I sat through, I sat through a <coughs> seminar recently um, that Nielsen led, uh, and Nielsen showed the decision tree of the craft beer consumer. And decision number one wasn't. Uh, what style of beer it wasn't what brand it wasn't what brewery it wasn't any of that it was i am i buying local or not that's the first decision that a craft beer consumer makes right right so i think when you look at this so you look at many of the recent ac- acquisitions in in craft beer or mergers or anything right you're not seeing, for the most part, you're, you're really, unless they fly under the radar and, and that happens and, and there's a couple of them, I could, I could name right. them off, but it, why? Um, most of the acquisitions that, that get headlines or that people know and you see um, are either regional or national breweries. They're large breweries, right? right. And the question that we can't answer, I, I don't know any of their financials, none of us do. Um, the question is, it, are they suffering because it's not a local brewery? Are they suffering out of their backyard? And, and I think, to be honest with you, I think that's the bigger, that's the bigger narrative here for, for craft beer is at what point do you get so far outside of your backyard or outside of your area that now you become not irrelevant. Irrelevant's not the right word because if your beer is good, people will buy it. But the further you get from your nucleus of being in your right. backyard, the further you get from being able to share your story and be able to share what your brewery is and who you are and why you matter. And you know, at the end of the day, Danny, you've brought up Fat Tire a few times in this in this podcast. Fat Tire might be nostalgic for a lot of people, but they can go buy a local Fat Tire at their local brewery, and now no, they're no longer supporting. But you New can Belgium. you can also be a, a Boulder beer who is right over there by New Belgium and Colorado, and say, you know what, we can't do this this model anymore that we thought we were doing, you know, five years ago. We're we're going back. To local, we're, we're, now, we're no brew pub model. I know this sucks for a lot of people, and we've yep. kind of laid some people off, but um, this is more important to us than but continuing that's my point this thing that, that that's we That's my point as to why the, that's the narrative now. That's my point, right. I guess, right? right? Is just that that this that's the, that's the point of, of what this means or, or why this is important is because I think what we're seeing is Local matters more than anything. Right. And what does local mean? Local means something different to everyone. For us right now in our current state, local to us means uh, Warren County, Mason, right. right? In a year, it might mean 
Cincinnati because we might be in Dayton and Columbus speculating, but you know what I'm saying, right? right. There, there will come a point, you know, New Glarus only distributes to the state of Wisconsin. So local to them is New Glarus, Madison, right? The rest of the state is not local, but if they distributed to 50 states, local would be Wisconsin. Right. So local means a little bit of everything, but I think local matters more than anything, just depending on what your local means. I agree with that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, to me is the bigger narrative of this whole story is I think that I think that what you're seeing is is regional brands um, have to potentially pivot their business a little bit different than than brands that aren't and there's nothing wrong with that as somebody who uh, is sitting in the middle of a large craft brewery <laughs> that you uh, worked your butt off to uh, to build um, does all of this scare you does this no. keep you up at night or are you no i think we're going to see more of it if i'm honest i didn't expect new belgium to be one of them but i think we'll continue to see it um i and, and danny alluded to it that that i mean i it's not in our plans right it's not um i think new belgium would have said the same thing that's fair a year ago yeah that's fair <laughs> that's <laughs> at absolutely least fair. depending on who you asked at new belgium yeah and that's the that's the sad part to me is that this is a company that's employee owned and you could have asked a lot of those owners totally six months ago hey you guys ever think you'll uh, you'll not be craft I'm like no no that's yeah. that's very important to our company yeah company that i own and yet here we are yeah that's here we fair. are that's, that's fair. uh that's that, that's sad from the outside looking in i know For that sure. the inside looking out is probably different but it, 100%. it, it doesn't it it doesn't scare me it 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 gives you an odd, odd an odd perspective i think right? right um you know i uh I can't imagine that that Jim Cook at one point in the 80s would have ever thought I'd merge with another company. Yeah. Right. Well, Sam, especially Dogfish. Sam, Sam Cowagy, <laughs> right. I think I think at one time him and Dogfish, you know, they were, you know, especially with that extreme beer thing going on, like they were probably, you know, considering Heav- each other. Heavily competing. Some of the, 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 the few competitors that For they sure. had, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Yep. Um, do you guys want to give a shout out to this other beer we've been drinking? It's really good. Uh, so we're drinking the Ghost of Imogene. Uh, okay, thank God you said it because I didn't know how to yeah. say that. Um, from 50 West. Uh, I remember really the first good. year they released this beer. What year is this? I, I, 2017. I, okay. okay, it's fantastic. It's a very, very good beer. I actually would have thought it would have been uh, younger than that. But it's, it's really good. It's, uh, it's, really it's good. way meatier than, yeah, the, uh, than, the, than the ink was. Yeah. It's got some um, some big kind of body and bold and for um, sure I, I remember yeah. the first year that they released that and i i had it was when they were in the, still the bombers big bo- yeah, yeah the big yeah. bottles okay um, i think i actually might this still was, have one i believe this was the first release from the smaller bottles in the I 12 ounce, yeah. yeah it's a very very good beer well done guys it's um it's awesome and again another one from the cellar so <laughs> yep that's right <laughs> so this was this show was all over the place but um this was fun though I, thanks for doing this man. i hope yeah. it got people to kind of think about you know what what's going on and kind of start to form their opinions i hope you guys all have your own discussions about it and uh and share them with me the next time that you see me out somewhere having yeah, a beer we'll, we'll talk sure. about it um it's a it's a weird time for craft beer and um I don't know. We'll see where it goes. It feels like if we could just wrap up with this, I guess what I would ask you, it feels like you're really sad. I am very sad. It makes yeah. me sad when I see stuff like this happen. And and that's coming from a company that is not local. It's not right. anything to, to, to us in Cincinnati. It's not a place that I frequent in any kind of like you know means i don't i don't go to new belgium it's not a beer that i buy on a regular basis it's just it's a company that i thought stood for something 
um, that nobody else had really achieved yet. You know, especially we've got Rheingeist that's on the on the verge of becoming employee owned, mm-hmm. and now the successful model of what that looks like has fallen apart, mm-hmm. and that that's terrifying. That. Mm-hmm. It's when you see somebody hit that goal, you thought they had nailed it. And it's foolproof. Like yeah. that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. And now it's not. It's uh, it's could just be a harbinger of something else later on. Who knows? Right. <laughs> that's that's what. So yeah, it's it's a it's a sad sad thing for craft beer. I think it's a it's a painful loss. Way more painful than platform was. <laughs> that's that's what I think. <laughs> um, uh, if you don't follow the show, follow the show. If you don't follow Sounder Stories, follow Sounder Stories. If you like what I do, please go to thegnarlygnome.com slash support and you can uh, do it. help me because, do it. Um, like I said, my wife is pregnant. Help the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations again, man. Thanks and, for having uh, us. Cheers, brother. And Thank you so much. Dig into that cellar this weekend because um, it's beer. You should drink it. <laughs> Sensi Brewcast, right. the voice of Sensi Craft. Cheers, man.